Let's talk about the carbon tax. Um, many of you probably don't even think about it. Uh, many of you may not know what I'm talking about, but every time you gas up, you pay the carbon tax. Uh, it's 11 cents a litre. It's introduced in 2008 by then Premier Gordon Campbell and his government. Um, it was the first sort of economy-wide tax on fossil fuels. Uh, and basically, what it promises to do is basically shift our usage over time of fossil fuels, put a, parse, a price on carbon. That's what it does. Uh, and it was world-leading in many cases. Very few uh, subnational economies uh, had introduced it at that time uh, around the world or economies. So it was a big deal. Now, at that time when it was introduced, the carbon tax started at $10 a ton, about $0.02 cents a litre. Today, it's $0.11 cents a litre. Uh, and uh, starting April 1st, it'll continue to escalate, rising to $15 per ton, which basically means uh, it'll keep going up to about $170 a ton. What's that mean? Well, by 2030, you would be paying about $0.40 cents a litre uh, in tax of that carbon tax. Now, it used to be revenue neutral. It's not anymore. Uh, but is it effective? Well, our next guest uh, has studied not only and looked at the carbon tax, but look at other um, measures that we have brought in, in here in British Columbia in regards to dealing with climate change. Dr. Katya Rhodes is an assistant professor at the University of Victoria's School of Public Administration. Dr. Rhodes, thank you for joining us. Hi, my pleasure. Uh, first and foremost, your studying of the of the carbon tax and various other initiatives and policies that have been brought forward, uh, do you think that the tax has done what it was supposed to do, which is over the long term, A, change behavior, but more importantly, reduce emissions? That's a good question. Uh, I think the tax has done some of that um, change. Um, so the emissions uh, have been reduced and the emissions uh, in been reduced per capita since 2008. Um, but the most importantly, the carbon tax set the stage for um, very stringent climate action and for other policies at the federal level and in British Columbia. Mm-hmm. What What other policies do you think uh, that were introduced or having that are effective in regards to climate change in your mind, introduced here in British Columbia? So in the province, we have several so-called regulatory policies. These are the rules that governments set in place. And if the rules are not followed, then there is some sort of penalty associated with non-compliance. In BC, we have uh, a zero-emission vehicle mandate um, that requires car manufacturers to sell a higher percentage of electric vehicles on the market every year until we have 100% of electric vehicle sales by 2035. And we also have a low-carbon fuel standard, which requires reducing carbon intensity of transportation fuels. So when you go to um, to the pump to get gasoline or diesel for your car, every time you put um, fuel in your car, you get more and more biofuels that are zero emission. Mm-hmm. Do, do you believe the totality of what you've just told me in regards to the, the, the programs that have been introduced and the carbon tax has been a net benefit for the environment and British Columbia is doing its part in your mind? Absolutely. I don't just believe that. The evidence shows that um, we are on the path to reduce emissions. We have reduced our emissions per capita. Um, The policies were initially set at a low level to give some time for businesses and people to adjust in terms of their behaviors and investments, but we are on the path to achieve uh, the 2030 and 2050 targets with the current policies in place. 
um, because they are set to increase in stringency um, every day, every year. Uh, and the current level of the carbon tax matched with the federal pricing system and other supportive policies, such as the low carbon fuel standard, zero emission vehicle sales mandate, and the clean electricity uh, standard allow for um, climate success. Now, I was saying that it, when it was introduced uh, in 2008, it was about two cents a liter, about ten dollars a ton. It, right now, uh, when British Columbians go to the pump, they pay about eleven cents per liter tax. Uh, but it is, as you say, going up significantly, fifteen dollars per ton. So by 2030, it'll be almost forty cents a liter tax on gasoline. Do you worry? Uh, do you think elect, elected officials officials should worry in regards to just uh, just the ability for taxpayers to pay that type of money when it comes to cost of living and inflation, everything else that's there. But to know that you're paying 40 cents a liter of that goes towards a carbon tax, never mind, you know, paying a 17 cent translink tax on top of that, that there's only so much a, a consumer is willing to pay. Uh, do you think... Do you think that you can bring the public along or do you, you're looking at sort of a public revolt at some point going, this is just too expensive? That's a great question. Um, so absolutely. And I think that's the reason why carbon taxes are not set at the level that they should be at if we were to rely on carbon taxes only for climate policy. In reality, in order to achieve climate targets um, by 2030, the price should be at about $250 a ton, meaning uh, much more than 40 cents per liter um, by 2030. Um, so for that reason, governments rely on the supplementary policies such as regulations and flexible regulations that have the um, credit trading systems uh, for suppliers um, to reduce the, the cost of compliance with um, cl- climate policy. And taken together, these policies um, uh, actually uh, have a much higher price than the carbon tax alone. But they do reduce public opposition in a very um, successful way. And what do you say to the argument? And, and um, in advance, it's, you're not an elected official; you're an academic who studies this. But you know, some people are going to say, "Look, you got all these rules, you got all this tax, yet we're a subnational economy with five million people, roughly equal to one th- one third the size of the city of New Delhi, and a country like India with one point four billion people, and uh, or one fourth the size of the city of Beijing, of another nation with about one point three one point four billion people. That's forty percent of humanity. Those two countries alone. Why should we?" be taxing ourselves when at the end of the day those regions and many other countries with significant population like the United States, uh, Pakistan, Indonesia and collectively the EU that's where we should be focusing on not a small country like Canada, certainly not a small subnational economy like BC Yeah, that's a great question so we've reached the standard of living here in British Columbia, in Canada and uh, other most developed countries in the world using fossil fuels and uh, we polluted a lot, and now it's uh, it's the time to pay for that pollution. Um, other countries uh, haven't reached uh, the same level of um, standard of living, so um, it's our job uh, in in the developed countries to help um, the rest of the world transition at much lower cost. So by setting the example here in British Columbia, we help other provinces in Canada, we help the federal government implement effective climate policy and in addition climate policy accountability mechanisms that exist for here in British Columbia and now being replicated at the federal level. And we help all other developing countries 
skip the transition stage and implement the technologies that are low emission or zero emission at a much lower cost. Do you think that the carbon tax should go go back to being revenue revenue neutral in regards to the government? The money the government puts uh, puts in brings in, they return it in some capacity, whether it be through grants, whether it be through uh, for low income funding. Do you think we should go back to being revenue neutral? Uh, the carbon tax used to be revenue neutral in British Columbia, and it u- used to be the kind of textbook type of carbon pricing policy uh, that boosts economic growth by reducing income taxes. However, it's really difficult to sell the revenue neutrality to people because people don't really understand how income taxes work. Um, it's really hard to track all the different components of um, income taxation. For this reason, it seems that um, public support is much higher when um, taxes are spent on directly on low-carbon um, investment projects uh, or any other initiatives that are more supported by the public and the industry. Mm-hmm. Dr. Rhodes, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me.